Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Lord, I just thank you for today. Mm-hmm. Just thank you for just giving us all your loss and not leaving mm-hmm. any of them unclear and so that we can follow mm-hmm. it to the full limit. And Lord, I also just thank you for just making it where all of us is holding that. You don't leave any part of it left behind. Lord, I also just thank you for just being God. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, yeah. I, I have a sense from the Holy Spirit that we need to pray for healing real quick for our listeners. All right. Um, so let's, let's take a moment and do that real quick before we go on with the word. Amen. Father, we just send your word right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you and we call healing to come in their bodies, Lord. Whoever is in need of healing right now, today, Jesus... As they hear your voice, Lord God, we will listen to you and we will honor you and respect your word and your will and your way, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, and I I command healing to come into their bodies from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And I call the fire of God into them to drive out the sickness and the brokenness and the despair, Lord God, and the brokenheartedness, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. And cause it to come to pass, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I, I loose you, Holy Spirit, to do your will and your work in them, Lord. By your word, your name, Jesus, and your power, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Strength to them. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, good morning. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We're uh, glad to have you with us this morning, and we're continuing our study on the Lord's house. And yes, we're still in Ezekiel 43. Mm-hmm. So with that, can I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses, please? I will. All right, Layla. Afterward, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Kibar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate which faces toward the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple, while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. No more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name, they nor their kings by their, their harlotry or with the carcasses of their kings on their high places or their on their high places. Yes. When they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost with a wall between them and me, they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed. Therefore, I have consumed them in my anger. Now let them put their harlotry and the carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. 
And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangement, its exits and its entrances, its entire design and all its ordinances, all its forms and all its laws. Write it down in their sight so that they may keep its whole design and all its ordinances and perform them. This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. Amen. Amen. So as is our, our custom, I want to open the floor for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you have. All right? We're learning and growing together. Mm-hmm. All right, that's the whole point and purpose of, of this, to meet together, to listen to the Lord, and let him, through his Holy Spirit, minister and teach us, and let's discuss it. Amen. Okay. Amen. So who would like to go first? Um, I do. Just very quickly when we were talking on the last devotional, devotional sorry, about um, God's covenant with us and how it was more for our benefit than it was for his. Um, the Lord had reminded me of when Aaron's, I think they were the eldest two, that offered the profane fire before the Lord. And then afterwards, the Lord told Moses to tell the children of Israel um but specifically Aaron to cleanse himself before he went into the temple so that the so that he didn't die um and the lord was just showing me that the reason why in addition to us having life the reason why he asked us to be holy so that we can stand before him if we are defiled by any kind of sin whether you um categorize it as small or great you are unable to stand bef- in the presence of the lord and his glory and you have to be separated because of it. That was the whole reason there was a veil between the children of Israel when they built the temple and the Lord, and they couldn't see him face to face because of their sin. But then Jesus came so that we could have the repentance and be washed in his blood, and he tore the veil from top to bottom. So there was no more separation. So now the onus, or I should say the reason lying with us, whether we can go and see him or not, is because of us. Now, God made it already available. Jesus took down the the veil so that we can't say, God, you put this here. So now we can't see you. This is your fault. Now it's on us. We did not repent for our sins. We just kept sinning and kept going on with it and going, Lord, I'm just going to see you at the end of the line. No, I mean, you will see him, but it's not going to be the kind of eternity that you're hoping for. (coughs) And so now it's on us and it's our responsibility to bring our sin before him and as the charles pointed out not keep sinning and going lord just wait five minutes i'm going to take my christian hat off one second and i'll be back after i'm done with this sin and then we can continue down the line you should not be striving to sin you should be striving to avoid it um and you can find a ton of scriptures about that in proverbs about sin and its cost to you all and just in proverbs 119 it says so are the ways are those who are greedy for gain it takes away the life of their owner Hmm. and so while in that particular section it was talking about money but that's just sin in general if you're Mm -hmm. doing your own thing it takes away the life of its owner but then Solomon tells you that if you follow the commands of the Lord it adds long life and grace and peace to your neck and you've Mm -hmm. got those things that you are people are trying to grasp and strive for and so um in the words of paul 
Jesus has brought us the more excellent way. He desires mm-hmm. us to have these things, but there's a more excellent way to do it other than us trying to do it in our own strength. Mm-hmm. And so it's better for us and those around us if we live a righteous life because we are an, a, a letter, an epistle written by all, read by all men. Excuse me. We should be written by the Lord, <laughs> but we are mm-hmm. read by all men. So they see what we do um, just going about our lives and God sees you. He sees me when I'm in my um, at home or I would say in in secret and in private and how I am out in in public. And there should be no difference. You shouldn't be living crazy at home and then trying to put on your Christian hat when you go out into into the public Mm -hmm. eye. It should be consistent Mm because you want God to be consistent with you. (laughs) Amen. Consistently good. Yes, Yes. because he is. It would be a terrible Mm -hmm. thing if he was going well it's monday i think i hate you and i'm going to kill you but it's tuesday so i'm gonna raise your dead body back up from the ground like it would you'd be like what's the point Mm. so we should be just as consistent with god as we want him to be with us Mm. he wants us to be holy so we so get on it and let's be holy amen Mm -hmm. and we are always starting with us we are (laughs) talking to me i'm always the word is first for me and then Mm-hmm. Let's not be disqualified. Tell you what, exactly. then we can share with others. Layla, I love what John Piper says. Um, I say it all the time, but it's his quote is, "God is most glorified in us when we are most delighted in Him." Mm-hmm. He's got a whole series on being a Christian hedonist, mm-hmm. that's pursuing with the utmost zeal the things that bring us joy in the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's a really neat kind of concept when we think about it, but it's mm-hmm. really kind of foolish to do anything other than that, mm-hmm. than to seek our joy from him and go after it wholeheartedly because mm-hmm. we get joy and he gets glory. Amen. Amen. It's a win-win situation. That's right. Amen. And, and I love how you also brought up, Leila, the provision, right? When we are pleasing to the Lord, he provides everything that we need, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And when we're fu- and not just being pleasing the Lord, but when we're following Him fully, in Him is our provision. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else have anything they want to share? I. Oh, go ahead. Please. You can go, Bobby. Please start <laughs> with the shows. Okay, I'll go. Okay. I had a couple things that I want to point out. Um, <clears throat> the first thing that the lord was showing me was verse seven he said to me son of man this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where i will dwell in the midst of the children of israel forever excuse me sir can you back up a second and read verses six and seven yes then i heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me and he said to me son of man this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where i will dwell in the midst of the children of israel forever no more shall the house of israel defile my holy name they nor their kings by their harlotry or with the carcasses of their kings on their high places. Okay, the first thing the Lord wanted to point it out to me is that when I was reading this, he changed the word harlotry was exposing ourselves to sin, putting us in a position where we're carried away and swayed by everything anybody says to us. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it, as Solomon describes it in Proverbs 7, she's the harlot's open and she's just laying out there and doing whatever. So he's, the Lord was speaking to us is that how in our own lives, if we're putting ourselves out there saying, yeah, devil, come over here. I'm free. I'm bait. Come eat me. And how that's how we 
we don't look at it that way. We're saying, okay, I'm just going to go do what I want to do, but how that's actually what we're doing. So he's saying that we are exposing ourselves to the devil so he can rule and have dominion over us as we go through our lives. So that's what the Lord is saying here is that he's not just talking about regular harlotry. Sure, that's in there, but he's also talking about us falling after our own desires. Hmm. And then the first, the other first part, the very first part of verse 7. And I was just, when we went to Matthew, I was just thinking about how Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples and how I was just thinking and I was saying, hmm, that's interesting. And the Lord is just showing me here, here is how Jesus gave an example when he said the earth is the footstool of the Lord, meaning that Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and we should be washing the feet of the Lord, meaning that we should be being pleasing and serving him with our whole hearts, not disdaining to do the things that we consider lowly and that don't really seem important, but doing everything. It's similar to the example of uh, you and mommy, you and dad give and saying, they tell you to go do something. They say, vacuum the floor and do the walls. I just do one patch of the wall and I vacuum the floor and saying, this is good. No, you missed the small details. You have to do everything in accordance, not what you think is important or what you think makes it look nice, mm. but everything. It may not seem dirty, but you still do it. It may not seem like it needs to be done, but you still go and do it. Hmm. <laughs> I, I love that touch of reality that you actually <laughs> Yes. <laughs> In addition to the spiritual. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Amen. Well, it's amen. about the application to our lives, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And yes, it, it starts with even the little things like chores, yes. right? Okay. They're, they're all ways or opportunities to demonstrate our love ultimately for the Lord. Hmm. Yes. Right? And, you know, even in that, you can see the God is not doing that because he needs us to do these details. It's because he wants to reward us. Mm-hmm. He wants yes. to bless us. Everything that he ever does is to bless us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not because he needs it done, because this is the same God that spoke a word let there be light. <laughs> and we're still looking at that light today. Mm-hmm. And then he created the sun and the moon. So it, it's not that he couldn't do it on his own by speaking the word only, but he gave it an, us an opportunity to partake of his blessing so that we could be blessed with him as well. He didn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do it, except for that he holds himself to his own word, that he said, this is the way that I will do it. And he abides by what he's already um, put in, into motion. But it's for our benefit. Uh, you guys remember the, the servants that had the talents? Yes. yes. He said, when you're faithful over a little, I'll make you a ruler over much. Mm-hmm. When you get in there and wash those walls and, you know, you, you get all the cracks and you do the baseboards and you do it and you have a great attitude, then you'll get promoted. And to us, we think, it, oh, it's meaning, uh, menial and it's insignificant. But what, who are we to tell God what matters to him and why? Who are we to say to him, this isn't good enough for us? Why do you ask me to do such things? He's our creator, not the other way around. And when we have a, yes. a wrong mindset, we miss the greater thing. God is always, his eyes are moving to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone that he can show himself strong on their behalf, mm-hmm. looking for someone who will take him at his word and believe him and say, okay, God, you gave details because you mean details. 
and your details are not burdensome for me. They're not inconvenient. And even if my flesh tries to say they are, I tell my flesh to be quiet in the name of Jesus. And I get on over there and do what you asked me to do, God, because you love me and you're good. And I know your, your character. I know your ways. You always intend to bless me. Not that we're doing it for selfish gain, but realize it's still a part of it. He's a rewarder, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. Not a staunch back turner with his arms folded. He doesn't go, move on, slave. You know, get out of here, peasant. You've cleaned and, and I've eaten and I'm full. Now be gone. That's not who our God is. He is a loving father, a righteous savior who doesn't mind sharing. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He doesn't mind sharing what God gave him with us, which is everything. So let's keep that in mind. I have to remind myself sometimes because I can go, oh, we, oh, Lord, it's so, <laughs> it's so hard. You ask me all the hard stuff, but it seems like nobody else has to do this. I can, I, know, I can be honest. I can say that I do that. And I get my little my violin out and I start playing it for Jesus. <laughs> Look how rough it is for me, how sad and how long I've been doing X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. And nobody cares, and they don't, they don't care about me, Lord, and they don't appreciate They don't wash my walls the way they're supposed to. <laughs> but I could list any number of things. But when I remember who he is and how he cares for me, then I understand if there's time of what seems like suffering in my life, it's always because he wants to reward me on the other side. In this lifetime and in the one to come. Okay, I'm done. No, you're not. No. No, you're not. Isn't there a component? Um, you, you made mention of the mindset. It's it's not. I mean, for me, I've got, I got to be honest, too, like, because I'm, I'm looking sometimes like, you know, woe is me. Why is all this happening to me? Why do I have to be the one to do it? You know, mm-hmm. as, as an employer, you know, I, I paid somebody to do this job right. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back on the weekend fixing what I paid them to do. Mm-hmm. So that I can afford to pay them next week <laughs> to do some more of the stuff that they're not going to do well that I'm going to have to go back and fix. Mm-hmm. That I'm going to pay them to do anyway. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, I, I, can, I can get on that little uh-huh. merry-go-round of pity all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, let's go back to cleaning the wall example. Um, if it's the Lord that's telling me clean the baseboard and the wall, he's not doing it because he wants me to work. He's mm-hmm. not doing it because he needs my obedience. He's doing it because he's showing me the most excellent way. The effort it takes to clean the wall well is very little more than the effort it takes to clean the wall poorly. And if right. I clean the wall well, I won't have to clean it as frequently. But I could even take that a deeper level. Because if I'd really been listening when the Lord was speaking to me, and I was at the store, and I was buying the paint when I painted that wall five years ago, I wouldn't have believed the lie that I couldn't do the best. And instead of buying the cheap flat wall paint, I should have bought the nice satin finish wall paint, which cleans a lot easier. Uh-huh. So the investment comes even earlier than that. So God's ways are not burdensome. That's right. Our mindset is what's burdensome. Amen. That the mm-hmm. most excellent way is the best way. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't see it in the moment, ultimately, it brings us the most dividend. Back to what I was saying mm-hmm. a while ago. God is most delighted in us. I mean, God is most glorified in us when we're most delighted in him. Mm-hmm. We should pursue fervently the things that bring him glory because ultimately, they really are in our best interest. Amen. 
It's the mindset. It's the it's the world's crap. It's the flesh. It's all the other things that have influenced us mm-hmm. that has not been properly displaced by God's word mm-hmm. and ultimately by God's light. You know, because you mentioned God created light, but God is light. That's right. Right? The earth was existing and stuff was growing before he made the sun. I mean, his light is so bright. He is light. Amen. He didn't even need to create it. He oh. is it. Mm-hmm. And his Amen. light shines in our hearts and in our minds and when Amen. we submit to him for him to bring in the truth, mm-hmm. but we only get more of it as we're obedient to it in the moment. And we change our mindset from, I have to do this, to I get to do this. Amen. I get to do it his way because mm-hmm. his way is most excellent. Amen. And it's a battle that that's why what we do here is so important because sharing the word together, fleshing it out, talking about it, being real about it mm-hmm. is how we grow and develop in it. And God intended us for community to do exactly what we're doing right here. Mm-hmm. Not to try to figure it all out ourselves. Not to beat ourselves up when we don't make it. But to continue to grow together in community so that he gets glory Amen. and we get joy. Amen. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Who else has something they want to share? I do. All right, I promise. <laughs> Erasing your siblings. Right, you saw that too. Oh, I'm sorry, Lou, did you have something? Not at this moment. Go ahead, promise. Okay. Okay, the Lord is talking to me again about Proverbs. Sorry, Ezekiel 43, verse 12, where it says, Behold, this is the law of the temple. And how the Lord is talking to me about how with with his laws, it's not burdensome. And that people aren't going... Oh, man, I have to do this again. For example, with some other religions, it's burdensome. Burdensome. Like, uh, with the children of Israel and how they're making their children pass through the fire of Moloch. Mm. And how that made me remember... Um, Deuteronomy 28. Wait, never mind. Where he was talking about, in Proverbs 28, where he was talking about you're going to eat your own children. Mm. With the curses. That's a part of the curse. Yes. Uh, that, that's Deuteronomy 28, but it's the back half. Yes. After, after here's the blessing of obedience, here is the consequence of disobedience. Go ahead, sweetheart. And that they're going to be eating their children. Lord had Lord said to me, that's the exact same thing. Making their children pass through the fire of Moloch and eating their children would still be the same thing. Devouring them. Wow. Okay. But How does that, what is the connection there for you, my love? It's in, the Lord brought me to Deuteronomy 5. Where it says the Ten Commandments. And the Lord said, if you look at the Ten Commandments, it's a, it's a whole chapter. But here, let me read them. Starting at Deuteronomy 5, starting at verse 7, where it says, You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself the carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven or above, or that is in the earth, or in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, for I am, the, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. 
visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me, but showing mercy to the thousands to those to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in, in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. And you shall not do work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your female servant, sorry, your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. And remember that you are, you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may be well with you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his male servant, his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. And how the Ten Commandments, it's relatively easy. And... If you know, how's that, sir? The Lord is not saying that twenty times a day you have to bow down before you have to do the bathroom. You have to go through twenty-one steps of prayer to use the bathroom. Okay. But it's relatively easy. He's just asking. He's just asking to let the Lord be the Lord of your life, and and when you fall, when you falls. When you love the Lord with all your heart, the Lord's going to bring all these other things about. Mm-hmm. So it's not you have to be lab- laboring and toiling half the day to keep yourself from doing these things. Mm-hmm. So when you let the Lord in, he's going to go, no, don't do that. And you'll be so focused on the Lord that you that won't be a blimp on your la- radar. Well, okay. There is a, it's not that it is easy, right? But it's that we, because you said you, you will. When the Lord comes in, you will do these things, right? Yes. We have to be intentional about that, about hearing what the Lord is saying to us, and letting Him lead. It, it's the Ten Commandments were not easy, as in they couldn't be done in the flesh. It was impossible, especially when you look at the Ten Commandments, how the Lord explained the Ten Commandments. Right? Yes. The people misunderstood them. They thought they had fulfilled them because they didn't actually commit the act of murder or adultery. But what did Jesus say? If you're angry with your brother, you've already committed murder in your heart. If you've looked on a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So they're impossible to keep in the flesh the only way we can keep them is the Lord through his Holy Spirit working in and through us leading us 
guiding us, but us keeping our heart, our mind, focused on Him. That is the only way we can do it. It's a misunderstanding. Just like right in this discussion, we're talking about the Lord's house and the temple, right? Yes. yes. What does Matthew... So in Matthew 23, the Lord pronounces a, a bunch of woes, right? Yes. But specifically, yes. starting in verse 16 through 22, he, he mentions this, right? And it has to do with, with swearing, but it's really false vows is what he's getting at, right? And this is what it says. Woe to you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple... It is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. Fools and blind. For which is greater, the gold of the temple that sank or the temple that sanctifies the gold? And whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that's on the altar, he's obliged to perform it. Again, he says, fools and blind. Which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. Therefore, he who swears by the altar swears by it and by all things on it. And he who swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And he who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits on it. A misunderstood Right, and it goes back to Ezekiel 43. He says, the whole, this is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. We try to, we in the natural, right, people, the human nature, the sin nature, tries to nitpick these little details and say, oh, I'm still fulfilling it. Right? But isn't that how the, you know, the Ten Commandments and, and people misunderstood what it was that they were actually doing and that they were still violating the laws. We've misunderstood these things, which is why we need a Savior. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, to send His Holy Spirit to explain it to us so that we can understand it correctly. And two, that we can actually live it out. If we truly believe what it is that He said, there is going to be corresponding action. Not just words. Right? Yes. yes. So I, I know there's a lot there. Um, and we are going to go over this yet again. And we'll pick it up next time. We will. As we venture into part uh, five. Well, five. yes, five. Yes. On, on just the law of the temple. But I also want to encourage the readers to, in addition to Ezekiel 43, <laughs> read Exodus 20. The first 23 verses. All right, because there's some, some points and some discussion we'll have on the next one that will um, it will speed things along if, as in you'll be able to better track what it is we're, we're discussing without having to read every, every verse. All right? Okay. So let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you don't bear and place heavy burdens on us, Lord, That we'll, but we can bear our burdens 
and give them to you, Lord, so that way you can be the Lord of our lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you cleanse us from all sins, Lord, and that you give us the Holy Spirit so that way we don't have to go and make those mistakes and be cleansed from it, Lord. But that we can walk in the way of Jesus, Lord, and imitate and follow him, Lord, as he followed you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you that you have given us examples in the word, Lord, and that we can use them to learn better, Lord. So that way we don't have to make the same mistakes, Lord, and that we can just continue to walk in the perfect alignment with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.